the announcement that was made live on this show by our friend Yehuda Hanikman and his friend Heichel. <laughs> uh, they made the reservations. It is now official as of about 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Sydney, Danielle, and Gabriel had flights from Kennedy to Tel Aviv. Ava from London to Tel Aviv. Justin Ellick going with us to Tel Aviv. And, of course, we're going to do the shows from Jerusalem. It is official, sitting friends in the morning, live from Israel, the week of January the 29th. Now, initially, I thought I would do four shows, Monday through Thursday, but now I'm not leaving until Sunday morning, which will still get me back on time to be back in the studios Monday. So I'm going to be there on Friday. The issue becomes Shabbos. So don't forget, Israel is seven hours ahead. So our show here in New York is 6 to 10 a.m. local time. That would be 1 to 5 p.m. in Israel. And it's winter. It gets dark early. You know, I was under the impression I'm going to the desert. It's going to be 80 degrees. Uh Uh-uh. Yesterday in Israel, high 52, low 40. So it ain't warm. Uh, I wonder, Noam, you would know this. Show ends at 5 o'clock. Would JNS have us in those studios if, in fact, we're uh, coming up close to Shabbos? No. I think they might boot you out of there, yeah. Okay, so then Monday through Thursday is what it looks like, and you'll get Curtis and Andrew, or John, the great John Katsimatidis, for that Friday show. But either way, you're guaranteed at least four shows live from Israel. And again, for me, it's just overwhelming. I've never been there. Never been there. Justin's been there a hundred times. You know, Dove Hyken comes on. He's been there thousands of times. Alan Dershowitz, thousands of times. I'm sure you've been there a ton, Noam. I have. My parents were, have been there 38 years, something like that. Wow. In yeah. Tel Aviv, right? Uh, Haifa. Oh, Haifa. Mm-hmm. How far is Haifa from Tel Aviv? Uh, like an hour and 20 well, minutes. Well, your father then should pick me up at the airport. I'm going to tell him to do that. and He'll put a hat on and he'll the show up in a limousine. Yeah. Sitting friends in the morning hat. He'll hold a sign that says sitting friends in the morning. <laughs> I'm flying in alone, you know. Uh, I'm the only person. I actually, my flight leaves after Shabbos, 1 a.m. Sunday morning. So I have to go to Kennedy Airport at like 10 o'clock p.m. next Saturday night because... Danielle, Gabe, and Justin Ellick leave later on Sunday. They don't arrive local time in Israel till 3 a.m., and that would uh, put me in a tough spot in terms of sleep. And I want to feel good for that first show on Monday. So I'm actually going by myself earlier, early Sunday morning, to give me the whole day in Israel on Sunday, get a good night's sleep, and do the show on Monday. Danielle, Gabe, and Justin arrive basically in the middle of the night, on Monday morning. So your dad, uh, if he wants to come, he can pick me up and drive me from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. If you get me the flight number and all that, I'll, I'll absolutely make sure there's champagne in the back of the limo, the whole works. <laughs> the whole better, thing, right? Have, <laughs> yeah. have First Wave playing on Sirius for him, too. <laughs> right, First you. Wave, that's important. Yes. 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 No matter what part of the day it is. Could he get nicknames in his car? In, uh, like, there's so many things that are that are bothering me that are so silly. Like, here I am going on this unbelievable trip, the trip of a lifetime, the dream trip. I mean, you guys know this. This is not being overly dramatic. This is not for the air. You're with me every day. You have seen a change in me. Is it fair to say, let me ask you, I'm not going to tell you what you've seen. Is it fair to say, Lewis and Noam, 
that you've seen a dramatic change in me since October the 7th. Lewis. Yes. Yes. Extremely. Okay. Extremely different. Okay, well, thank you for uh, being honest. What about yeah. you, Noah? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just see the, your identification with your Judaism, which I wasn't sure about what it was before. Either was I. <laughs> and now Don't it's forget, clear. I was eating veal parmesan on night three of Passover. Right. And you might still do that now, but but you clearly are more in tune with your heritage than you were before October No, you the passion has come right to the top for you, and it's no surprise. Well, thank you Definitely. for saying that, both of you. You're both right. Thank you. I've lost sleep. You know it. Uh, all of a sudden, I've got a uh, bunch of new friends, people like Lizzie Savesky, and I pay attention to Noah Tishby and all these uh, young ladies and young men. And I've been horrified by all of this. Horrified. And if it sounds like I'm making this more about me because I'm Jewish, I am. I, I made this point before. When I went down to Florida, And I would explain to the South Floridians how brutal 9-11 was. And I made it more personal because on 9-11, I lived in Chelsea. I was working at WFAN in Astoria, Queens, and I lived in Chelsea, 21st Street and 8th Avenue. The smoke actually came into my windows in my apartment room, into the windows. My eyes were bloodshot red. I stood on the West Side Highway day after day with thousands of people cheering for first responders on recovery efforts. So, yes, it was a little different for us in New York than it was in Florida or Tennessee or even Pennsylvania or Washington, D.C. That doesn't mean every American wasn't affected and still are, but it was different. Same thing if you're Jewish. I appreciate Christians that have stepped up, I really mean this, even more than a lot of Jews, I really do. But this one hit me hard. It just, I've not been the same, and I need to be there. I need to see all this. And with all that said, with a serious conversation, my fear is not the kibbutz, not what I'll see in terms of horror, but if it's going to be 46 degrees, I'm not going to be out by the pool. Where am I going to find a tanning salon in Jerusalem? Oh, there's tanning salons in Jerusalem. You won't have a problem. You sure about that? Yeah. Believe it or not, these are the types of things that are keeping me up at night. Not not the fact I'm going to go to a kibbutz and see all the horror that has kept me up at night, honestly, since October 8th. But um, what about a gym? What about a tanning salon? What, what about the things I do ordinarily back? What about the football games? What are you thinking that we're surprised that this is what was going well, through yes. your Yes. You're uh, not surprised? Uh, it, I'm slightly. How about that? <laughs> that this was going through your head. You see, kidding? that bothers me because on one hand, you talk about how I've been changed, which was very, very nice. And then you speak as if I'm so shallow moments later. Well, well which one is it? Well, there's many facets to your personality. I'll give you that. How about that? You just, it's okay. You're Assuming just, I've only got one, of course. Right. You're multidimensional in that, yeah. in that respect, I'll have to say. So this war, uh, the Iron Dome, uh, they're continuing to intercept rockets, which is unbelievable. I don't know how much weaponry Hamas has. And I'll be down... In Gaza, one of the tours that is that I have to go on, actually, which I want to go on anyway, will take me right to the Nova Music Festival, the kibbutzes, all that stuff. But now the um, the Yemen people, the Houthis, 
This is a second part to the war, funded, of course, by Iran, who Joe Biden funded, folks, not just in one but two administrations. So when Michael Goodwin tells me he's not uh, compliant in this, he's just wrong. You're just wrong, Michael Goodwin. He certainly is. So tell me about the, the latest with these Houthi rebels and what they're doing and what we're doing uh, in defense, no? Well, we, we're still having this rocket fire. We're still fighting them. And then we have this uh, moment, unfortunately, with these two SEALs. I don't know if you heard about this, but there's this search and rescue operation continuing for two U.S. Navy SEALs who went missing during a mission. They were trying to seize Iranian-made missiles from a boat headed for the Houthi fighters in Yemen. And one of the SEALs fell into the ocean while trying to board oh a small boat. And protocol is, if someone falls into the ocean, another SEAL has to go in after them, and they did. So uh, uh, we don't know what happened to them. I mean, unfortunately, it could be a drowning of something like that. But so far, they haven't been able to find either of these SEALs that went missing. Oh, yeah, yeah. 